Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton, and this morning is Friday, December 4th. Really glad to have you with us as we take a look uh, this week at Advent texts. Our, our theme for the week is waiting. And so throughout this week, we've just been kind of walking that traditional Advent line where we've been thinking about what it means to be waiting for God's activity in our lives, God's activity in the world, and all the different ways in which our world is waiting right now for God to, uh, to heal and to touch, touch the world with his love. As always, we have three texts, so today's readings are Psalm 48, Isaiah 2, 1 to 5, and Matthew 4, 12 to 17. And today I'll just read the text from Isaiah, that's Isaiah 2, verses 1 through 5. Let me find it here. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come... The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. So, through this week, with the exception of Monday, all of the Old Testament texts have been from the book of Isaiah. And we haven't focused on them through the week. I've chosen instead to do the psalm readings and some of the New Testament readings. But Isaiah is kind of a quintessential Advent book. And this is one of the quintessential Advent texts, the idea that when um, when the day of the Lord comes, when things are set right, particularly the famous imagery of the nations will beat their swords into plowshares. Um, those things that had been used to kill each other and to vie for supremacy will now be used in order to till the earth and to create a better life together. The idea that nation will not have to take up sword against nation anymore. But instead, God's vision for humanity being this kind of mutually cooperative community where things are, uh, where we kind of live instead of, according to the laws of competition and rivalry, instead of that we are joined into the, the beloved community that God has called us to be. Community is a word we talk a lot about at Houghton, and it's one that has really been put to the test this semester. And um, I appreciate, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the many ways that we can keep some community going, and I really don't want to be ungrateful about those. I want to be aware, like, it's amazing that students can be taking classes by Zoom now and connected with their classmates even when they're all back at home. And you know, when I think about if the pandemic had happened when I was a college student in 1995 to 99, 
like this would just not be possible and classes would be taking place maybe maybe there would be mail correspondence or something but there would not be anything like what's possible now yet at the same time um, we just have to realize that during this pandemic even with as connected as we can be we have to be aware that there are ways that communities trust has been really tarnished broken apart um, the idea that cooperation between people um, should be the norm is so much harder when there are limited ways that you can cooperate with each other you know when I'm just seeing you on the screen um, when I can't see you uh, in person I I can't do for you the same things that I do in person I can't make good eye contact I can't I, I can do some active listening I suppose but I can't have that kind of both the reassurance and the accountability that comes from face-to-face -face conversation there are just so many ways I I, I want to be again really careful to say like I I'm very supportive of all the public health safety sorts of things we have to do like I I I want to acknowledge like I'm very supportive of, of uh, the masking that we've done on campus and the way that we've had to kind of encourage people to be um, really safe and and it's really it's been such an important thing at Houghton it's, it's part of the reason why we were able to go as long as we were in person because people were willing to go the extra mile to keep each other safe we saw many many colleges that closed because people wouldn't do that so I'm very very supportive of it but at the same time, we got to realize there has been that this way of interacting with each other is not natural. <laughs> and um, we really, Christians need to keep that alive, even while I firmly believe we need to be safe places. We also need to just realize right now, people for the last eight months have been conditioned to primarily understand each other as threats, right? Like when we see other people now, one of our initial thoughts, our gut reactions is, we need to be careful. <laughs> I can't get too close. Um, uh, there's, there's a sickness out there that we can't see, we can't control, and this person might have it, and I need to treat them as if they might have it, and I need to treat them as if I might have it and keep my own distance. We need to do this for safety's sake right now, but it is going to have profound repercussions in our churches. Um, just that constant rehearsal of the idea that other people pose dangers. Um, soon there's going to be a vaccine, right? Like maybe even by the time this airs, people will be getting a vaccine. I'm recording this a couple weeks ahead of time because of the Thanksgiving holiday. So uh, it's very possible that 15 days later when this airs on December 4th, that there will be people being vaccinated already under emergency use. And so as that process takes place and as this... Uh, as this threat is minimized and eventually, one hopes, eliminated, we are going to be about rebuilding communities. That is just going to have to happen. Learning to trust each other again is going to be, it's going to be a massive task. And I'm saying this to you now not because I'm like a prophet with a gift of the future, but because, like I just, a gift of seeing the future, but just because like I as a pastor have such a concern for this, the ability to rebuild trust right now is going to be absolutely vital in the church, right? Soon we are going to have to unlearn seeing each other as threats and relearn seeing each other as partners in the gospel. And so even simple things, right? You know, you're just going to, you know, like I say, in the next few months, you're going to start experiencing these things again. And 
all of them are going to be awkward at first. Like the first time that you're shaking hands with someone, it's going to be awkward, right? You're going to look at each other and you're going to make eye contact and you'll have to realize like, okay, we're learning to trust each other again. <laughs> we're learning to say, right now, I don't see you anymore as a potential carrier of disease. I view you as a brother or sister or a potential partner in, in the gospel or uh, just a beloved child of God, right? Um, hugging someone outside your bubble, like that's going to be something where the first time we do that again, it's going to be like, wow, this is a strange feeling. Um, high-fiving strangers, like if you go to a ball game and exchange a high-five with someone, like that's going to feel weird. And all of them are really going to be awkward at first, but, but we, I just, I don't want us to miss, we desperately need those things when it's safe to do them. And so, um, because, because we need to know over the course of our lives that we are not doing this alone, but we are doing this together. This is a cooperative project in the church, in the world. Um, the idea of beating swords into plowshares, you know, um, the idea that when the masks come off for us, we have to stop viewing each other as threats, but have to start viewing each other as members of a community. If, if the church decides in this moment to abdicate that role, who is going to take it up in a gospel way, right? If the church decides to say right now, you know what, even after things are back to normal, people kind of like doing church this way. They kind of like experiencing church at arm's length, going to church when they can online, getting their content kind of on their own schedule. And there's something in the way that we have done church as evangelicals that really wants to meet people where they are, that really wants to meet that felt need. And so if people want to access church that way, we as evangelicals, I'm very worried, we're just going to give that to them without realizing that we're going to cheat them out of the community that God is knitting together. Um, I mean, I think you could see this pre-COVID, right? That the church was not particularly good at calling people in our culture to overcome the barriers that keep us separate. Martin Luther King talked about how Sunday morning at 11 a.m. was the most segregated hour in America. Why? Because churches chose to say, uh, what we're doing in church is not primarily about creating the kind of community Jesus prayed for in John 17. It was primarily about delivering content about Jesus. And people aren't going to listen to our content about Jesus if we also uh, push them towards the uncomfortable nature of connecting with people who aren't like them. So we've already seen this tendency in the evangelical world, and I'm just super worried that it's going to carry over to post-COVID. Post-COVID, we need to be a place which is rebuilding an honest, truthful in-depth community um, where where people learn to overcome these concerns about who the other is and realize, no, this is not just a, an obstacle to me getting what I want. This is a beloved child of God who, when I'm in a partnering relationship with them, we grow together. I yearn so much for Houghton to be a part of that project. Like for me, when I think about what's exciting about Christian liberal arts colleges, it's to say, hey, this is a place where those kinds of communities can be explored in detail, lived out in detail, in a way that just is unthinkable in, in out, you know, outside of it. This is a place where people can go deep. And I really want to urge you, like as you're listening, friend of Houghton, student of Houghton, alum of Houghton, please be partners in this with us. Like <laughs> this is something we can do together. And, and maybe, you know, one of the upsides of COVID is the way that it's forced us to rely on the greater Houghton that's always been out there and make those connections and bring them in to the community. So if there's a little more of a connection between our daily work and the people out there who, who represent Houghton uh, around the world. 
All right, well, I've said a lot this morning, but it's, it's something that's so heavy on my heart, um, the way that we're seeing each other as enemies now and, and God's desire to overcome that. So let's close in prayer that, that God would do that work because that's something only his spirit can do in us. God, we are thankful for the fact that you call us out of our natural rivalry with each other and into relationships which are fruitful. We think of that in marriages, and we remember the ancient rivalry between men and women that's overcome in marriage, and the way that you, uh, as you reconcile men and women and use that uh, relationship to bring forth new life into the world. And we think about the way that this is true also in churches, how in churches you bring people from all over the world into mutually fruitful relationship with each other. Um, so that as we get to know each other and lend the best of each of our backgrounds, our individual backgrounds, our cultural backgrounds to you, uh, that you make that a mutually fruitful relationship where our life together brings uh, your word and light and love into the world in a new way. And so God, we pray that your spirit will be at work and that we will not lose that vision and that during this time when we have to be masked, when we have to be distant, um, that you would not allow us to become numb to that reality, that you'd allow us the grace of continuing to hurt about this rather than just turning it off and pretending not to hurt, and that you would keep alive a yearning for the beloved community that you call us to. God, we pray this especially in the season of Advent, um, knowing what a gift it is to yearn for something more, even when it's painful. So we pray, God, that you will put that Advent spirit within us in this way and many others. We ask this all through Christ. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me today. Thanks for being with us this week. And we will, again, join you next Monday, December 7th, for our last week in the semester. Um, and during that week, we'll be reading Christmas story texts. So we'll be deep in the Christmas stories of the New Testament, looking at those. And then we'll take a few weeks off until we are joined together again at the end of January. So until Monday, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.